0: Money, 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 Quickly to Wall. Wall yeah. measures. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! We'll huh? <laughs> Here comes Pierce with five seconds left. and go tough. can't oh, find anybody. He Gives it to Lowe. Or gets I Bradley for 3. On the what a what shot. shot.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, your one-stop shop for Wizards news and analysis. My name is Noah Getzel, and I'm your host. I've been covering the Wizards uh, for Wizards Extra since 2014 and have attended essentially every home game for the past two years, been in the locker room interviewing players uh, all of that time. And we are the only daily Wizards podcast that posts five podcasts a week every Monday through Friday. You can tune in. And we've got player and coaches interviews you're going to hear from Wizards coach Scott Brooks evaluating the team's loss to Golden State here tonight. Um, You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Megaphone, LockedOnWizards.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it, we got it. And make sure to follow us on Twitter as well, at LockedOnWizards. So tonight we're going to be talking about what was a really close matchup for some of the game (laughs) between uh, the Wizards and Golden State Warriors on the Wizards' second night. Of a back-to-back after beating the Bucks last night, or uh, should I say Tuesday night? Yesterday's Wednesday, Tuesday night in Milwaukee, and then we're going to talk about whether the Warriors were actually in serious trouble at all this game, or if they were kind of just you know in cruise control mode until it got a little too close to comfort and had to shut down the Wizards or put together like a 36-point quarter like they did in the first quarter. So we'll see how serious. We'll talk about how serious a threat. The Wizards are, uh, they've played the, the Warriors close, both matchups, but, of course, it's the regular season, and you know which is the better team, of course. John Wall wasn't even playing. Um, and finally, we're going to just, just kind of evaluate the Wizards. Um, like, who steps up when Beale isn't making shots, when he has a night like 3 of 15 tonight, and what, what have you thought of the past five games uh, since the All-Star break? Of course, big win against Cleveland, Uh, less more of a disappointing loss against Charlotte so we're gonna get into all of that after this real quick uh break from our sponsors stay tuned in locked on Wizards podcast is coming right back
0: the NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every Monday Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot of our guys' effort. You know, we had a big win last night in Milwaukee. We came back and we had a chance to uh, be satisfied with that. And we were got down, I think, 15 or 16 in the first half and we fought back and Tied it up and well, they took a two-point lead the, at halftime, and then we did the same thing in the second half. We had we're down, we just couldn't score in the first quarter and the third quarter. That's uh it's been unusual for us lately. We've been able to score in the third quarter. We know that this team is one uh, of the best, if not the best, third quarter team in basketball. And, and we only have 14 points, we couldn't stay up. And they didn't have a crazy, crazy number of 27, but we just could not score in that third quarter.
1: That was Wizards coach Scott Brooks talking about the team's resilience to come back from a, a deep first-quarter deficit and even a first third-quarter deficit as well, even though they couldn't quite complete the comeback. Okay, guys, we are back to recap uh, the Wizards' 109-101. to I don't know why I said it like that. 109-101 <laughs> loss to the Golden State Warriors. And it looked like this was going to get really ugly uh, right I forgot to mention, the laughing in the background isn't my alter personality. <laughs> I've got uh, Bryna Kramer, Wizards Extra, post, uh, Wizards Extra co-host, who's often here, probably like 90% of the time when I'm here for the Wizards games. Bryna, what's going on? How you feeling?
2: What's going on, Noah? How are you? I'm
1: doing all right. Um, so the Wizards went down 36 to uh, 21 in the first quarter, and the Wizards started up 5-2, and then... Easily, the, the Warriors just got layup after layup. They had, like, a 10 nothing fast break point advantage. They were dominating points in the game, and out of nowhere, it was a nine-point run. Uh, the Warriors had, like, a 11-5 to lead. Scott Brooks called timeout, and it seemed like whenever the Warriors needed to score, maybe not in the second quarter, that was, like, the one good quarter that the Wizards really played on them, but it, it just seemed like, it wasn't really a fair matchup. Would, would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think we just don't really match up that well with the Warriors. Like, we can't find our suite. I mean, maybe it also has to do a little bit with the fact that John Wall wasn't playing tonight. And then in the first game when we played them, Bradley Beal got ejected. So, yeah. I mean, we weren't really working with our full lineup ever against these two teams this season. Um, but tonight, especially like, we just don't, we just didn't match up that well against them. Like they always seem to have an advantage and it pregame, you know, when Brooks was asked about like, well, how do you compete with the Warriors? And Brooks was like, well, it's kind of, you know, not that it's hard, but like, you know, it's harder because they always can have one all star on the floor at all times. Mm. And Brooks doesn't. Go with that way, like you know, Brooks likes his all bench lineup, which is something I definitely want to talk about tonight because mm-hmm. I have some mixed feelings on that. But yeah, so like it's kind of you know it's just so hard to match up against them.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, one of the toughest parts is just the the different uh variety of guys who they were putting on Bradley Beal, and there were a lot of double teams. There was. um you know, Clay Thompson is an elite defender. It made sense that he was guarding Beal. But then you also had guys like Draymond Green who were switching over. And Draymond had a big night. Beal went 3 of 15, no points in the first half. He was 0 for 7. And Beal also committed five turnovers. Didn't get a single free throw attempt, yeah. which seemed ultimately the Wizards ended up with nine fewer free throw attempts than uh, the Warriors. And so it's, it's you know, if, if Beal gets what, 15 points and shoots like 30% or something like that? Like,
2: It's a different ballgame. Yeah.
1: I mean, maybe the Wizards would have had more of a chance, and it got within six points there in the fourth quarter, but we'll jump ahead to the fourth quarter real quickly <laughs> because the Wizards lineup was, was... It was bizarre. ...unexplainable. I think... Uh, I don't know if it happened to be that... Jody Meeks was constantly going to a free throw line or something, but uh, Saturansky, the Wizards went without a point guard, which they've done in the past, and Beal does fine. it like every day fine. now at this point. Yeah, it, I don't know, because Tim Frazier played well in the second he quarter. He
2: played so well, and I think, I mean, granted, it's not something that's going to really show up in the box score. I'm looking at it right now. I mean, Tim Frazier didn't have any points. Um, he had two rebounds, three assists. Not the greatest box score, but when you were just watching Tim Frazier play, just the hustle that he played and the two rebounds that he got were really big possessions in the second quarter. Um, so, yeah, just I think Tim Frazier would have been much better to have out there than Meeks. I don't know why Brooks mm-hmm. keeps going with Meeks. Although he said tonight he was like, you know, after that third quarter shooting slump that we found ourselves in, he's like, I just felt like we needed another shooter. But
1: who's been a better shooter this year? Exactly. <laughs> Sadransky or Meeks, obviously. Right. Oh.
2: Anybody would have been a better shooter out there than Meeks. Like Meeks has been I don't know if this is backed up by stats but Meeks has been horrific and probably maybe the worst shooter on the team. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. bad. So like I don't know why Brooks of all people thought we needed let's, Meeks of all people I out mean, there. Yeah,
1: Meeks shouldn't be playing eight and a half minutes in the fourth quarter, but let's give him some credit. He had one of his better games this right. year. He, he did had have eight point seven rebounds. I think a couple assists in there as well. So of course it was a horrible <laughs> rotation. Like when you look at the fourth quarter stats, why is Meeks playing <laughs> eight and a half minutes and Frazier playing three and a half minutes? It makes no sense. Right. So, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's one of saying... the reasons. I mean, the Wizards kept it close in the fourth quarter. And it started, they, they went down, It was a, what was it? Um, they were down 15 heading into the third. And then, I mean, it, it kind of just stuck around like 11, 10 points, 8 points, finally got down to 6. But you could just tell the Wizards weren't really going to surge.
2: Right. And I don't know how many, how many of Meeks' points in the fourth quarter came from the free throw line.
1: Uh, so he scored he eight overall. Right. And How many times
2: he he, he
1: only actually attempted three free throws and made two of them.
2: Okay, so that's not as bad as I. So yeah, he went three of six of field goals. The, either way, the fact that he went to the free throw line that all those times in the fourth quarter, it still kind of disregards Brooks' points about the fact that like we wanted a shooter out there and he's making all the shots at the free throw line. But yeah, I think I don't know. It just. It still blows my mind. If he wanted to me- play Meeks like six minutes instead of the eight, like I just, I felt like it went just a little too long. Like it really, like Meeks only played sixteen minutes total in the in the game, but mm-hmm. it felt like an eternity.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a, a stranger lineup. I mean, we're accustomed now to Ubre playing starter minutes, getting close to thirty minutes a game, right. and. Gortat kind of disappearing, I don't really understand why. It's probably just an ego thing that he still gets a start, but never really plays in fourth quarters. But I think uh, against the Warriors team, who have JaVale McGee on the roster, who have Zaza Pachulio, but really can't rely on them whatsoever, it makes sense that you can't have a guy like Gortat trying to guard Draymond Green.
2: Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, Gortat, I mean, Gortat only had two minutes. He only played, or he only had two points. He only played 13 minutes tonight. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just because of matchups alone. I mean, the Warriors tend to go with their smaller lineup anyway of, you know, Katie, Draymond, Steph, Andre, Clay, Jordan Bell, whoever it is. Like, a mix of those guys in there. And, I mean, yeah, Gortat. Mm -hmm. And even Mahimi. Like, I don't know why. I mean, Mahimi only played 15 minutes. But at one point when he checked back in, I think it was either at the end of the third or the start of the fourth. I can't remember exactly when he checked back in. But at that point we were on a run and then we don't match up well with them when we put a big center in there. So I don't know why Mahimi checked back into the game at that point. He should have just sat on the bench. Not because he wasn't contributing well, I guess, but because it's just matchup wise, it doesn't work for us. And it yeah. kind of stopped the momentum we had going at the end of the third.
1: Yeah, and even though Mahimi and Meeks oh, sorry, Mahimney and Gortok combined for less than thirty minutes. These two centers combined for just six rebounds. That's not gonna fly.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, how? Shoot, probably. Otto Porter had more than them combined.
1: Jody Meeks had more than them Marqueen combined. Marquise had
2: more than them combined. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Jody was, Meeks had more than them combined. That's kind of insane.
1: It was a very interesting game though, because when you look at the first quarter, uh, Durant goes off for sixteen. Curry gets 10 points. He ended up with 12 free throw attempts and hit uh, four of nine three-pointers, even though he missed, like, every single two he attempted. Right. Um, he ended up with 25. Durant hit 60% of his shots, ended up with 32. And you could tell they could have gotten way more points. Right. Like, in the second, what was it, the, yeah, second quarter, and I don't know how much how well they'd have played in the fourth, but basically, like, the second quarter was really interesting because the Wizards went into halftime just down two points. Right. And it was the bench who did most of the scoring. The Wizards scored 35 points after the the, uh, Golden State dropped 36 on them in the first quarter. And the scores were basically reversed in the first and second quarter. Right. And 18 of those points came from the bench. And then you tweeted. You're like, what is Scott Brooks doing? Like, why... I think um, it was probably like a 6 nothing run. I don't know exactly, but to start the second quarter, the the Warriors looked like they were going to take advantage of the Wizards' uh, bench lineup, and it's like, all right, got to throw a starter back in there. Let's get Porter, let's get Morris, let's get somebody. And they didn't, and then they went on a 10 ro- nothing run. Yeah. So it might be, you know, that's not going to happen very often, <laughs> basically. Yeah. But the Wizards had a killer second quarter, and then the Warriors are the best team in the league in the third quarter, and they just dominated. The Wizards shot just six of 21. That's 29%. Uh, they had six points with like six minutes to go right. <laughs> in the and third I, quarter. And that happened against the Bucs too.
2: Right. And I understand that the Warriors are the best third quarter team in the entire league. But I also I thought it was so interesting that Brooks continued to ride with his starters for so long. Because, you know, I think I was joking, I was kind of joking around on Twitter, but I was kind of also half serious at some point. Like when things just weren't clicking for the starters, it was like, well, is now the time to put the all bench lineup back in that Brooks Mm -hmm. loves so much? Just because like, I mean, we all joke, you know, on Twitter about like Brooks and his like all bench lineup and how much he loves it. But they played, you know, like you said, they were the reason that the second tor- quarter started to turn around for the Wizards. So, like, maybe just for momentum or for energy or something, like, you need, they needed to get somebody back in there. And I think Brooks kind of continues to, like, want to see things play out and hope momentum will turn the same before he makes substitutions. But tonight, that's where it didn't work in his favor. He did it with the starters. You know, he did it with Jody Meeks. Like, he continued to kind of ride things out and hope things would turn in its favor, in the team's favor. But then at that point, like, with the Meeks situation in the fourth quarter, he let Meeks play for eight and a half minutes or whatever. And then by the time he did get Satoranski back in there, it was too late to turn things around.
1: Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Uh, The one, like, silver lining that Wizards fans keep bringing up is that they had 25 assists again. But, of course, it was in a defeat this time. Um, 18 turnovers. That's something that Scott Brooks was mentioning, that, you know, sharing is caring. Whatever the Wizards are sharing the wealth, everybody eats. But he mentioned, like, we're also sharing with the other team, too. So we got to check down, you know, watch out for that. Um, Beal, as I mentioned, led the, the Wizards with five turnovers.
2: Right. Well, and kind of going and off it of that... turned
1: into 26 points, too. Right. So it's like, you know, especially in the first quarter, it seemed, like Scott Brooks said, every time they turned it over, it turned into a layup the other way.
2: Right. And kind of going off of that, um, you know, they keep pushing, like you said, like the fact that they had all these assists and, you know, that's kind of, they're moving the ball or whatever. But since the whatever, I don't know how many... That like, what the record is or how many consecutive games it's been. I think it's now they're keeping track of this, like, stretch is like, 13 games or whatever it is. Yeah. But in that stretch, the turnovers at the beginning of that stretch were much lower. So the turnover, yes, they're still continuing with the assists and stuff, but the turnovers have gone way up. And that's what's the problem, is it doesn't seem like it's the same momentum in the same ball movement as it was in the beginning of the stretch just because the turnovers have gone up and that's the big problem
1: Mm -hmm. uh going into tonight's matchup it was wizards were assisting 71 percent of their field goals in the past 13 games 13 yeah and they have tallied at least 25 or more assists in all those games they're averaging like 30 in that stretch of course they get 25 again tonight but like right who really cares when you lose? And right. well, when you shoot 40%. Who really
2: cares when you almost have as many turnovers if you do
1: assists? Yeah. And Scott like, Brooks really literally. likes to say, like, 18, 20, whatever, how many turnovers they get. It's basically like, we don't play offense for an entire quarter. We just, like, right. you know, just throw the ball out of bounds on the inbound pass, which Happened. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's. Can I ask you a question real quick? Of course. What did you think? So, a lot of people were kind of talking about, I saw it on Twitter, but also a little bit in, like, post-game press conference and in the locker room about this idea of, like, what, do you think tonight was a moral victory? Like, can you think, like, do you just see this as a loss? Because, like, a lot of people – like, I saw something on Twitter that said, like, oh, well, you know, the, Wizard, the effort that the Wizards put in tonight, whatever, if you're a Wizards fan, like, that's really what you should be proud of, like, you know, despite the loss and all that. I'm like, I don't know if I really believe in that. Like, they had stretches of effort, sure, but, like, the third quarter – uh, what happened there i don't yeah. know i don't I don't see it as a great i i mean I don't see it as a horrible loss, but it was a loss like I don't really see what they're taking away from this
1: i mean it's it's like the same deal uh when Last year, the Wizards went, like, I forgot the exact score. It was, like, 140 to 137 against the Cavs, and it took LeBron's heroic, like, falling out of bounds. Right, to and corner. that game went into overtime. So, yeah, it, it yeah. is, in that sense, a moral victory. You know, this was a back-to-back against the best team. Not necessarily the best team in the league, but, like, you know, the reigning champ for two out of the last three seasons. So, absolutely, I I don't, you know, because they're going to get another day off of rest, It's it's good to see this kind of performance if it was, like, or right, if the uh, if this was flipped and the Warriors were the front end and then the Bucks right. were the other night, I'd be like, once you're down 16, just like put your scrubs in, put the garbage lineup in. Like right. you don't need to have everyone play over 30 minutes if you're against the best team in the league and you're not going to win this game. That's why I would never be one of many reasons I would never be an NBA coach. But like it's the Popovich <laughs> strategy. I don't know. I'd I I don't think a loss that's close is any more satisfying than. A medium loss or a blowout loss. Right, exactly.
2: And I just, that's kind of what <laughs> I was... still so
1: frustrating because you're like a couple plays away.
2: Right. And it also wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't like that game last season against the Cavs where it took overtime and one incredible shot to change the like for them to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there were really bad stretches of this game. Like there were many stretches where the Warriors were up 15 and it was like, oh, well this game seems like it's over. Yeah. Um, but there were some really good stretches. Like, the second quarter was a really good quarter for the Wizards. But I just saw a lot of people talking about, you know, this idea of, like, moral victory. And I was just like, I don't really know how much I believe
1: in that. I think that the, tonight, the Warriors were just, you know, on cruise control, playing hard when they needed to. When you look at Dur- Kevin Durant's stat line, 16 points in the first quarter. After the first quarter, what? The, the Warriors were up by 15. Second quarter, he did absolutely nothing. He had two points. Right. Third quarter, nine more. So, like, he can just, you know, when he wants to score, there's not a player on the Wizards or any player in the league, essentially, that can stop him. So I don't don't really think, like, oh, it's a moral victory because the Warriors played so poorly for half of the game and, you know, the Wizards made this awesome fourth quarter comeback and were within striking distance. Like, yeah, the Wizards kept it close, but at the same time, like, the Warriors knew that if it ever got too close to comfort, like, for comfort, 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 they... Like, they already stopped the best player on the Wizards. They Their game plan was, you know, we're going to double-team Beal. We're not – if someone else beats us, it's cool. If, you know, Otto goes up, off for 40, if Kelly Oubre scores 25 points and hits, like, eight three-pointers, like, whatever, that's fine. Right. But they, they, stepped, they stuck to their game plan, and I don't think this game was as close as the final score was.
2: Right, yeah. And I just think off the KD thing, I think it's interesting, you know, like, tonight's really the first time that he's – played a game in DC in mm-hmm. like two or three seasons where he's actually been healthy and like and was able the Warriors, to play his first time, right yeah. and able to play a full game. So he was really, you know, he was coming out to prove something to everybody, you know, especially like you said for the Warriors this was the first time playing a full game and healthy. Like he was trying to really show off and be like, "Oh, well all that KD to DC nonsense was just not that like nonsense." Like he really wanted to kind of feel like show off in his hometown. Mm-hmm. Um so but yeah, that also played a part.
1: We're going to take another quick uh, break, and we'll be right back with the Locked on Wizards podcast. My guest, Bryna Kramer, who's not really a guest. She's a co-host. I apologize <laughs> about that. But last thing we're going to talk about is kind of just evaluate uh, how the Wizards have been playing these past five games since the All-Star break. And it's clearly still a tough road to continue. But just a look back at the ups and downs of, of the past really tight schedule, five games in seven days. So we'll we'll be right back with the Locked on Wizards podcast. Stay right here.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the final segment of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. You can follow me on Twitter at Noah underscore Getzel. Getzel rhymes with pretzel. It's G O E T Z E L. And I'm here with Bryna Kramer, who's laughing at all my corny jokes.
2: Yeah, that was a good one. I've never heard you talk. I've been saying it my whole life. That's
1: funny. It's a good one. Bryna, uh, people can follow you on Twitter. At Bryna K13, and Bryna is spelled B-R-Y-N-A.
0: Yep,
1: got it right. Nice. Um, so the Wizards, since the All-Star break, have been very busy. Uh, they went 3-2 and two, uh, the past seven days, the past week. And so they beat Cleveland their first game out of the All-Star break, which was huge, and then they turned around and lost to the Charlotte Bobcats, who aren't even in the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Uh, they beat the Sixers. That was a really fun game to watch. Uh, they beat the bucks just last night i keep saying last night but it was a uh, tuesday night i'm doing this at like midnight so give me a break and now of course they lost to the warriors in what was a moderately close game that seemed like you know the the, the final score made it look closer than it actually was in my mind because they had the warriors were up like 15 points or so in the fourth quarter and that just had to make sure that you know they didn't lose it all basically yeah. so 3 and 2 records since the all-star break Are you happy with what's going on? Of course, when we look at the bigger picture, it's, what, 14 games? The Wizards were 10-3 and without Wall heading into this game. Now they're 10-4. and Um, Wizards are playing good basketball, right?
2: Yeah, they're playing some really good basketball. And, yeah, I'm really happy with this, you know, five games and seven-night stretch. Especially just because, A, that's a lot of games in a very short amount of time. Um, But also, B, I think it's really important that, you know the three wins that they got are against playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, should they have won against the Hornets and not gotten blown out like they did? Of course. But it was on the second night of the back-to-back when they played, you know, their hearts out in Cleveland the night before, so I don't blame them as much as I should for that. But, um, yeah, so, like, they're really, they're, their wins against Cleveland, the 76ers, and the Bucks. those are teams that, you know... They could face in the first round. They could face in the second round, Whoever, depending on where they fall in the seeds at the end of the season. So, yeah, like, I think those are really important wins. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, you could – I mean, granted, obviously, you could have gone 5-0, and but, like, <laughs> I mean, you really can't ask for a better – like, that's imp- – it's an impressive stretch.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have been any happier if the Wizards lost to Cleveland but beat the Hornets, you know?
2: Right, yeah. I mean, it's still, you know, again, even if they had been flipped, it still would have been a good – Stretch, of game get, stretch. It no would have been a good five-game stretch, and the three wins still would have come against Eastern Conference teams, and mm-hmm. I think that's really important.
1: And the Wizards, by the way, are kind of, seems like they're just about locked in a little bit at the fourth seed right now. Uh, the loss tonight put them a game behind the Cavaliers. Well, not really locked in, but they have, you know, it's not quite as, not tight as tight between fourth place versus, like, tenth place. So after the the Wizards, um, the Pacers are a game and a half back, and then... 76ers are two and a half back. The Bucks dropped are also two and a half back. Um, so I think that the Wizards, like when you look at the playoff picture, the only team that actually strikes any fear in a seven-game series in me would be the Cavaliers because they have Mr. LeBron James who's gone to the finals like the past 19 or so years. I don't know what it's been. But I don't know. Do you, do you think like, you know, these, these were some playoff tests, potential first-round matchups is there a team that scares you in terms of, like, the Wizards have no chance to push this this team to seven games in the, the first round the Eastern Conference?
2: No, I think they would do well against, if, like you said, except for the Cavaliers. Um, with kind of the teams that we're likely to match up with in the first round, I'm not scared of any of them. I think the one I would want to see the most just cuz I think it would be the most entertaining and the most fun would probably be the 76ers which are currently right now in 6 so unlikely uh, but I mean who knows they're right there with the Pacers so it could change um but that's the one I'd want to see um
1: I would want to see the Wizards move into third seed and take on the Heat who are in somehow jump up to the 6th seed because they're only <laughs> one game behind uh, the Seventy Sixers in the 6th seed, so that would be the best matchup in my book. The Wizards are about to play the Heat twice next week or the, in the next yeah, two we'll weeks, play them I believe. On yeah, Tuesday, on Tuesday, March
2: sixth, and then Saturday, March tenth. So yeah,
1: yeah, we'll see how the Wizards fare in those matchups. But ultimately, yeah, it's it's been a good week, no doubt about it. Um,
2: These Nets strike next couple of games though, are going to be really big. because They're also against they're at home, um, but they're also against Eastern Conference playoff teams. So we've got. Mm-hmm. The Raptors on Friday. Who
1: the, the Wizards have had their number for years.
2: Right. But the Raptors, right, you know, they're playing really good basketball. They're number one <laughs> in the. <laughs>
1: East. I feel like, like we keep discounting the Raptors, who are clearly like. Well, not clearly. The Celtics and Raptors are right up there, but right,
2: But the Raptors have the they? number one spot <laughs> right now. But yeah, so the Raptors on Friday, we play the Pacers on Sunday, and the Heat on Tuesday, and like, those are all really big games. Probably, right, I nothing's mean, like, guaranteed. And in terms of like standings and where things fall, like those are arguably more important than tonight's game. Like, yes, obviously the War or the Wizards want to come out and prove themselves against you know one of the best teams in the league and that, that has been around for the past you know couple of years, but like. These next couple of games are actually what is most Mm -hmm. important.
1: And one more note about this game. Can you just, like, throw out all talk about the Wizards playing poor defense or the Wizards' offense, like, totally sputtering, even though they got to 100 points and, you know, Beal doing nothing just because it was against the Golden State Warriors who defend everybody incredibly well and are, you know, the the best offensively opponent firehouse of of any team in the league. You know, like, after the Charlotte game, the Wizards' defense was atrocious. And then, uh, is it a trend that, like, this game they also played bad defense, or is it like, hey, they're the Warriors, like, they're gonna drop 36 points in a quarter?
2: I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you can say, yes, the Warriors, you know, they play incredible defense against everybody, and, you know, they are the Warriors, and, you know, they're just hard to stop. But then you also have to mix it in with the fact that, like, the Wizards also didn't play their best. Mm -hmm. Like, that can't be forgotten just because of who the opponent is. It has to be, like, a little bit of both. Like, yes, the opponent's incredible, but they also didn't play, like, a great game.
1: Yeah. And when you look at the the scoring of the Wizards this game, it was pretty balanced. Uh, Aside from Beal not reaching double figures and Gortat... Basically dropping a goose head with two points, <laughs> like you know, everyone else was getting their numbers. Morris sixteen, Ubre seventeen. Porter had a huge game with twenty nine, but nobody same, shot well. Right, basically. and
2: Porter basically had the same game that he did against the Warriors the last time we played them in the mm-hmm. end of 29 October. Both times. Right, twenty nine both times. Like in Porter, you know, that was his first quarter or his start to the first quarter was really impressive. Like it was really strong. Um, but, yeah, everyone else pretty much had good games. Um, well, everyone that we expect to have good games had good games. Um, except, like you said, Gortat and Beal. Mm-hmm. The Beal stuff was really surprising. But
1: So the Wizards, as we mentioned, uh, have games this weekend, Friday and Sunday. And we're going to have recaps for those um, after the game. We'll be posting, you know, two podcasts over the weekend uh, that you can listen to over the weekend or Monday morning, whatever works for you. Tomorrow night as well is Thursday. We're going to do... Uh, Delayed a delay game, throwback Thursday, and uh, we'll be talking about some mystery topic that I'm not going to share. And it's not because I haven't thought of it yet. It's just because, <laughs> you know, it's so mysterious. Like, we can't really talk about it. Keep it under wraps right now. So, thanks so much for listening to tonight's Locked on Wizards podcast. A tough loss to the Warriors, but, you know, i guess i'm kind of following with the twitter bandwagon okay it's a moral victory cool <laughs> like all right we lost to the best team but it was close no. whatever i don't know it, it's it's i'm not concerned about this loss no i'm, I'm not, not concerned with beal having an off night for once in his this season so right. yeah. no biggie um so once again i'm noah getzel and Bryna kramer is gonna serenade us off with a song selection
2: no i'm not where'd oh, you God, come up with that live and live and
0: live.
1: <laughs> all right you won't pick the song whatever have a good night everyone uh tune in for Thursday night blocked on Wizards podcast take
0: care don't cry dry your
1: eyes never let up. forgive but don't forget girl keep your and when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave Cause sister, you don't need And I ain't trying to catch up, I just call him how I see him. You know what makes me that. When brothers make babies and leave a young mother to be unhappy. And since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman, and I came
0: from a woman. I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women. Do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up?